0: Second scripture reading today, you can find also in your Pew Bible as it comes to us from the New Testament, from the Gospel, according to John chapter 11, verses 32 to 44. Let us listen now to the word of our Lord. When Mary came where Jesus was and saw him, she knelt at his feet and said to him, Lord, If you had been here, my brother would not have died. When Jesus saw her weeping, and the Jews who came with her also weeping, he was greatly disturbed in spirit and deeply moved. He said, Where have you laid him? They said to him, Lord, come and see. Jesus began to weep. So the Jews said, See how he loved him. But some of them said, Could not he, open to the eyes of the blind man, have kept this man from dying? Then Jesus, again greatly disturbed, came to the tomb. It was a cave with a stone lying against it. Jesus said, Take away the stone. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, When he said this, he cried with a loud voice, Lazarus, come out. The dead man came out, his hands and feet bound with strips of cloth, and his face wrapped in a cloth. Jesus said to them, unbind him and let him go. Friends, this is the word of the Lord. I feel like for a passage like this, it's okay to have a little bit of um, dark humor. We also did just have Halloween, so maybe it fits, but let's try this. Have you heard the story of three friends who were sitting down one day and they found themselves talking about death? The first friend said to the others who were gathered, what is it you would like people to say about you after you died? Well, the one friend replied, well, I want people to say that I was a good person. I gave freely. I helped everyone who was in need. I was a humanitarian. That's good. The other friend then, the one who asked the question, jumped in and replied, well, I would like them to say that I was a loving partner. I was a dedicated friend. I was someone who was there when... You needed that shoulder to lean on. Also a good way to remember someone. Well, the third friend paused, looked at the first and second and said, well, I would want them to say, hey, they're moving. (laughs) Okay, death is an uncomfortable subject that we don't really like to talk about unless we can inject a little bit of humor But in our encounter with Jesus, we are presented with the reality of death. But we are also presented with the countless number of other more minor deaths, as we might say, that eat away at us, that keep us from the vision God casts for our lives together. And what do I mean by minor deaths? I'm talking about those moments where we can't let things go. Instead of letting them just fall to the wayside, instead of just saying, okay, that happened, I'm moving on, we hold on to them tightly. We don't let them go. We grab on to them, and we hold on so tight that, again, they eat us, eat away at us from the inside. I don't know if you know what I'm I'm getting at, perhaps you do, but I'm talking about those times in our lives as individuals and as a church where perhaps we've counted the losses more than the wins. That's something I know I've done on occasion, counting the losses instead of the wins, Or all the little or big things we've tried to hold on to over the years that are important to us that we know naturally slip through our fingers over the passage of time, but we just can't let them go. The minor deaths, we might say. The things that will chip away at us bit by bit. Those things, more so than An actual death, our actual death, will lead us to a tomb like the one Lazarus finds himself in this morning before Jesus calls out to him. The thing is that even as people who profess faith, people who follow, who claim to follow the life way of God, we are no less susceptible to the forces that attempt to pull us away from that and pull us instead into a tomb of our own making. Because it's easy for us to get bogged down in the dark, solitary confines of a tomb that we make ourselves. And what's difficult about that is once we're inside and once we let those minor deaths take hold, it's hard to get out. We surround ourselves with questions of what could have been, what was, and how. But they're not really questions that can change the present reality. Instead, they are questions that keep us bound to those things that chip away at us. They're not questions that cast our vision forward. Instead, they keep us in this pool of fatigue and weariness. What I love, though, Not about that, but what I love about how it works into our passage is that when we think that there's no way out, that is when the unexpected happens. That when we find ourselves in this little crypt of our own design of things that we wish we could hold on to or ways that things could have been, when we feel like there's no way out, that's when we hear a voice calling from the outside. Hey, insert your name here. Come out into the light. Come out and feel the warmth of the rays of God's life and love. Come out and risk living again for the sake of love. Jesus stands at the opening of whatever closed off cave we've made for ourselves And tries and shakes us free, ultimately, from the hold of death and despair. It's that needed jolt to wake us from a spirit of listlessness to one of new life and invigoration. Even though Jesus is the one who calls out to Lazarus, the one who we might say resurrected him, It wasn't just Jesus, though, was it, who played a role in our reading for today, who played a role in the resurrection of Lazarus from the tomb. Right? It wasn't just Jesus. What we find if we go back to the story is that this resurrection moment was a community endeavor. Jesus asks them to move away the stone, to be the first people who are there to welcome Lazarus as he comes out and to greet him, to be the ones who unbandage him, to unbind his hands and his feet, to be the ones who are there to welcome him back. It certainly was a miraculous sight certainly if we were the people there as well. As Lazarus most likely stumbled out of the tomb with his feet and his hands bound, adjusting his eyes to the bright rays of the sun. And just as we are called to, that is when the community swoops in to free him, to set him free, to welcome him back to something more to cleanse his body of the musty smell that must have clung to him from his four days in the tomb. This moment of resurrection and new life required action and vision on part of the community. Jesus' role was indeed significant, and we shouldn't downplay it, but it was only a catalyst that spurred the story on. And we find that Jesus here with us as well is a catalyst that spurs us forward. Jesus is there calling us to come out and envision something new. The community that was there to welcome Lazarus as he came out of the tomb is one that we are called to be a part of. But we know that being a part of a community involves taking risks, it involves personal investment, and daring to see the world through new eyes, through resurrected eyes, which we can't do from inside the walls of a dark, closed-off grave. As we head into this season of Thanksgiving, this season of stewardship, I can't help but feel this lingering malaise that sort of is hanging over our heads. This feeling of blahness, uh, that's not a very seminary type word. <laughs> this just sort of gray doling <laughs> feeling, I guess you might say. I think it's fair that we acknowledge that because we're still processing so many of the changes in our life. But the challenge for us this season as we take into consideration one of stewardship, one of thanksgiving, is for us to listen hard to the voice of Jesus who is calling out to us, calling out to us to reinvigorate our sense of mission, our sense of identity, our sense of purpose. Of course, we aren't the first people who've wrestled with these realities of hardship and death and loss, because the Lord knows that generations before us have struggled with similar things, similar endeavors and feelings. But as they learned new ways to lean hard into the promises, the vision that God was casting, we too are called to be a part of that work. To lean hard into the ways where the Spirit of God is calling us to be the people of God. To proclaim the justice, the compassion, the love, the reconciliation, the healing love of God. So that we may not only be the ones who are called out of tombs as well, but that we may be then a part of that community that welcomes others. This season, as we try to stumble out of this foggy haze, may we find ourselves time to think about ways that we may offer thanks, ways that we might give thanks for the new life that we find in the love of God. May we take time to follow as well the necessary steps of what it means to be a part of this community that Jesus calls into action. To be a part of a community that welcomes others, to unbind others, to care for others as well. As we continue in the footsteps and in the hard work of those who have come before us. As we live our lives together with one another. Amen.